Hello everyone and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 227. My name is Benjamin Yoder and I'm here today talking about video games. Mostly, mostly I've been playing actually a lot of games this week because somebody's in town uh, giving the opportunity to, opportunity to not only go to um, the arcade, but also play a couple co-op games as well. Um, so at the arcade itself, you know, I went down to Game Nest, which is a local arcade here in, in Las Vegas. And I like Game Nest a lot because there's a lot of diversity there. Um, and they had a handful of new games, although, quote, new as in like they, they uh, you know, brought them into their facility recently. Not that these are all new games. Actually, quite a few of these were old, um, like one being uh, like a Hammer Champ, which is basically like one of those games where you have a hammer mallet and you like hit the, uh, you know, the, the, the targets on the, the arcade arcade machine but instead of being something like a, like the crocodile machine or something like that where you like just hit those individual crocodiles and that's kind of it um there's like mini games associated with it in like a point blank style so you know you get an objective and then you hit the the little you know stubs on the arcade machine essentially in relation to what's happening on screen um i didn't see a lot of variety in it and you know maybe you know this game is in japanese so i don't really know 100 percent sure you know what what text is being displayed to me at times but it, it did not give the impression that it like was more of like a um maybe like a bishibashi kind of thing where you could kind of keep going in it it seems like it was just four mini games and it was kind of done so you're basically paying to play the four mini games that was it you got to choose which mini games you get to play they give you like a selection of two to three um, but most of them seem to largely just be kind of the same thing, either like, you know, hitting something and then it'll kind of get knocked away and you have to keep, you know, hitting things before something has enough time to hit you back or something. Um, or it was also like somewhere there's like a counting one where you have to count up from like, there's cards that are displayed on screen. It's a Namco game. So there's actually like a Pac-Man card and it has like numbers up to like one to 10. You have to hit them in order essentially. So it just didn't seem like a lot of, there was a lot of diversity in the game itself. Um, but the, the, like, uh, arcade, like the, um, <clears throat> arcade machine art was really cute though. The two little characters on there, that was fun. Uh, and then kind of in the same vein, there was this game called, uh, I think it's called Gachaka Champ or something like that, which, uh, was from Konami and, and seemed incredibly like a Bishibashi actually. So if you don't know what Bishibashi is, basically it's a variety of mini games that you play from start to finish. And usually it's like four players and they have like kind of a simple concept with like a unique control scheme. Um, in the case of this game, uh, it's only two players, uh, but it was also quite old. So I think it's before at least, you know, the, the, the more modern Bishiboshis I've seen. Um, and it uh, had these two uh, levers that had like these little almost like bullet bill looking faces on them. And you basically would spin them around uh, for the different games and stuff. And so it's just a variety of mini games associated with the, that kind of motion or, or turning the levers certain ways kind of thing. They're, they're more or less just normal joysticks, I guess. I, but they have like kind of interesting little face pieces on them. Um, so I played a little bit of that. That seemed pretty fun. But I've also played a lot of Bishibashi in arcade. So by the time I was like, actually, this is just very much like Bishibashi. You know, <laughs> this seems about right. Um, I'm pretty sure it was at least in some sort of vein from that that franchise, or at least was some sort of pre precursor to that franchise, because there are a lot of similarities. Not only like how you name your character, but also just like the the flow of the game. And I think the the narrator sounds like very similar too, actually. So it feels all all kind of within that realm. Um, and then there's also a game called Shoot Away Pro, which I actually thought this was really cool, where it's like one of those um, more of an old school style, uh, uh, like light gun game. So you have an actual like screen that they're projecting on and they have a light that goes across. So you should shoot these little like lights that are shaped like clay, clay uh 
pigeons or whatever they're called. I remember what they're called, like little clay discs or whatever. If you ever played like Duck Hunt and you played like the alternate mode, like the little clay discs instead of the ducks, um, it's th- those kind of shaped things. And you just have a, a, a rifle that you shoot at it. It was very simple and very straightforward. But the fact that they went out of their way to like make it a actual like just projector that projects onto a screen was kind of neat because, you know, I, I, I feel like. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't feel like you see that that kind of thing anymore with those kind of light guns. Uh, it was a Bandai Namco game as well, but very, very straightforward, straight-laced, like, just, you're gonna shoot these things, you have this this gun that looks just like a rifle, basically, you're just gonna shoot these little clay discs, and that's it, basically. So, but it, it was kind of fun. And then the uh, the one game I was most excited to check out was uh, Kick Through Racers, which essentially is a, uh, a Mario Kart clone kind of thing. You're like these little cute little bunnies and 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 other animals like hedgehogs and things like that and you can uh you're on like a scooter that's mounted to the machine and there's like this um metal bar at the end or the back of the scooter that you have to like push down to kind of replicate you pushing against the ground to gain speed so you have to physically sit there and push the um push the scooter kind of thing um and i like that a lot it was a little tiring but like once you get in the, the got in the flow of it i think it was very easy to keep up like a momentum that was was you know hitting max speed but not necessarily tiring you out a ton but i really like that it was really cute um i think the one thing that was a little confusing was that i didn't really know what a lot of the power-ups did so it was a little i had to like do a little trial and error with some of the skills like is this gonna throw forward is this gonna throw backwards i don't really know um there's also a drifting mechanic that i didn't really find out about until uh one of the last races i did um and that seemed kind of neat so anyways it's just like a cute little racing game i had fun with it so there's my arcade adventures that i seem to do every like six months or so um <laughs> like the game if you're ever in vegas game nest is like a great place to go um i i, I really feel like they have just like a really good diversity of machines and things are always kind of switching out so that's that's kind of fun they they did get rid of the pocket machine though although i kind of feel like with pocket arcade like yeah, the, the controller you use is literally almost the exact same controller you use on a gamepad, right? For the Wii U version. So I, at least personally, I, don't, I look at Pocket and I'm like, I don't really know what the benefit of playing Pokemon in the arcade is other than you know, obviously the arcade experience of playing it. Um, but just like, I don't know. I don't really feel like there's like a lot of a benefit from playing that versus like the home console version, but you can probably say that about a lot of fighting games. <laughs> so maybe, maybe that's uh, assuming a little too much there or, or something. So yeah. Um, in terms of other stuff I've played, though, I played a little bit of uh, Mina. I'm going to try to not butcher this. Minato Kimino Piri Mikino. Mikino. I don't know. Uh, it was like a game show game for the DS that I imported a while ago. I wanted to mess around with it a little bit because it seemed very like Tomodachi collection like. You make a little character that um, it, it's not really a me, but a lot of the facial features and stuff seem very me like. Um, so. Uh, you basically go around and you play these like little mini games and things like that. And you like build up relationships with different like show hosts and things. Um, it's all in Japanese and it's pretty dense in text. So, well, I feel like you could probably get through it by going around and just like clicking on things and playing the mini games. I kind of feel like you're probably missing the main point of it by doing that. Um, but you know, also I don't really know, like being like a game show licensed mini game collection like i kind of feel like the text probably doesn't matter that much but you know maybe if like you you have a particular affinity for those hosts and things like that and the characters they play on the show um there'd be some like appeal there kind of thing so played around with that for about like an hour or so uh, only played a few mini games in there and, and some of them were pretty reliant on japanese so 
Um, you know, a lot of the times you take a roll with these Japanese games that are cheap and you're like, well, maybe this will be something. And then uh, sometimes it's not. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not saying it's not a bad game or it's not a, a good game or anything like that. Um, but it's just, you know, when I sat down and looked at it, it's like the, the pieces that are lining up here just are not lining up in a way that this will probably be a very interesting game to play, at least without some like real commitment on figuring out what's going on and really kind of understanding the appeal of a game like that in the first place outside of just, you know, being something somebody picked up because they liked the TV show kind of thing, right? <laughs> um, so maybe someday I'll, I'll, I'll spend some more time with it. But for now, I think it's going to be on the shelf along with a game like Great Hits, which is like, yes, Great Hits is a video game I own. It's a music making tool for a PlayStation 1. It's like, I'm never going to learn this. <laughs> so, but it looked kind of neat at front. Um, sometimes it does work out though. Like uh, I, I recently imported uh, Kikashi no Kobe. Kokuboro no Kage, uh, which I think was localized as like Barrier Master or something like that when the anime came over. Uh, the game itself was not localized. I think there's two of the DS games as well, but there's a Wii game. And um, this game looks kind of interesting because essentially what you do is you're like this, 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 I guess, I don't know what they're called, like a monk. You know, like in Inuyasha, there's the dude with like the, the, the weird like hand that like sucks people in. He looks very much like that, has a very similar looking staff kind of thing. Um, but basically, you go around a high school. Uh, and you uh, use like the Wii remote to point at demons and you like create a barrier around them and then um, by like swinging the Wii remote up to pull the barrier up so you like point at them press A it puts a, a spell on the ground you swing the Wii remote up which creates a barrier and then you press the B button which then explodes the barrier essentially and kills the enemy or damages them same things like that and um, it's very janky in a lot of ways especially I was playing it two players and so the movement was like really messed up along with the camera was not particularly great in two players either um, but it was actually really fun overall. Like, it's a very simple concept in general. Um, but I think the big thing is, is that it feels almost like playing an on-rail shooter. It's like a two and a half to three hour game. You just kind of go through and you, like, basically put these barriers up on enemies and then blow them up over and over and over again. You can expand the size of the barrier, try to capture in multiple enemies in the barrier, or you can sit down multiple salt, smaller barriers around, try to blow them up. Uh, the intent, like, the individual combat um encounters you have with like like the trash monsters like just the enemies that are throughout the stage there's not a lot of variety to that outside of they all kind of have their different movements some have projectiles and things like that but the bosses i think are really cool and kind of the highlight of it where where they do require you to do a bit more in terms of movement also timing your barrier smashes and things like that because the the boss will just walk right out of your barrier if you try to put it up and and they're moving around kind of thing so you have to kind of wait for a particular time or like if they're going to come and attack at least in two player if one one came in and attack and the other player started blocking with their barrier the other player could then go and cast and like basically uh hit the boss but the, the boss wouldn't actually attack unless you actually waited for him to like start swiping at you otherwise he just like look at you back off and then you wanted a chance to actually cast on him so it's pretty cool and uh, and a very like on rail shooter kind of feeling even though it is like a full 3d game you're moving around there's not a lot of like diversity in the environments or anything though it is pretty much just the school that you're in and i think there's like some value in that kind of set up like with a uh, schoolgirl zombie hunters i remember like kind of enjoying the familiarity you get with the school to some degree um but at the same time with schoolgirl zombie hunters i feel like they kind of underutilized a lot of the different aspects of the school in the case of this game they kind of overutilize a lot of these you go through the same areas over and over and over again just from different angles or with different enemy placements there really could have probably been more environments created 
Um, it definitely feels like a game that was on a budget for sure. Um, but it's, I'm glad that it's like fairly short because I think the concept, at least the core concept that, that they put in place, um, would not have been that interesting beyond those first few hours. I think if, if even the first few hours, it definitely gets kind of old, um, especially since the levels are all kind of repeating, but I think if you look down at it, like, oh, there's like six chapters or whatever, and each chapter is like, you know, however long, you know, it, it, it's worth just sitting down and like spending some time with. I had a lot of fun with that, and then I also started playing Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon for the Wii as well, which is like a multiplayer on-rails shooter, but also has like cover mechanics, you can kind of like move back and forth between cover. It's kind of a, a neat game and concept, although I feel like the execution has been a little uh, underwhelming in a lot of ways. Um, mainly because I think that there's just not a lot of variety in the terms of actions you're doing, because it is still very much just, like, sitting there shooting. Um, but, like, a lot of times I feel like there should be more, um, ways you can approach enemies by using the cover and things like that. Where it feels like, like, moving around cover doesn't really feel like it changes all that much about the encounter you're in, outside of just, you know, making progress when you move up. So, like, if people move up, the camera changes in a way that you can start shooting at different characters or different guys. Or, like, if there's, like, a guy way off in the back who's like an engineer like launching drones or whatever you can like see that where they're marked but you have to like actually move up in the cover to get close enough so you can actually snipe them and well that's like cool that's a cool in general i think i think like that idea there is cool um that's kind of the only utilization of that idea that they have so i don't know i think there's there's definitely ways that this game could improve i think i recall correctly there's a stealth sequence in the game at some point and you do get like a, a like a dart that you can basically shoot at enemies to put them into sleep and then like walk past them but all those kind of like stealth elements or like um, elements where it's like hey this person has this awareness of you uh kind of seems to be largely thrown out the window just for the sake of shooting through a bunch of enemies kind of thing so i feel like the, the things that i saw about this game that really drew me in initially um aren't really what the focus is it is very much just kind of your tra tra traditional on-rail shooter although it is made by next level games so that's kind of like a fun little fact which is like the luigi mansions developers these days uh also made punch out on the wii and things like that too so anyways it's pretty neat so that's pretty much what i've been playing this week i played a little bit of gal metal but i feel like i haven't played enough to really talk that much about it so i'm gonna put that off on the side for now i think you will probably see some kind of casual review for kikashi or barrier master whatever it's called um it was short and i think i have enough of like feelings about it to talk about it a little bit um, Tom, Gla Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon for the Wii, we'll have to wait and see. I don't know if we'll finish that in two-player, and then I might go ahead and finish it on my own, because it is a fairly short game as far as I'm aware. It's only about 12 missions long, um, and and uh, we're playing on, like, Veteran right now. It's it's a little a little challenging at the moment, so I, I, I usually pick the middle option, because that seems like the the like kind of quote normal option if they don't have a traditional normal mode i'll always pick normal normally um but if they don't have anything directly listed normal i just pick the middle option basically and i think maybe the top option is the normal option and then the middle one is actually the harder option so i don't think i'd feel too bad by going and, and playing uh on the easier difficulty if i if i go through it on my own probably I did spend a little time this weekend as well working on my XP machine, but unfortunately, um, it has ended up in a situation I'm not sure what's going on with it. Um, so I did go ahead and buy like a graphics card for it. It was pretty cheap, as well as um, a, uh, I had to get an adapter for it as well. So the adapter for a, v a DVI to VGA uh, is coming in too. 
But um, I, I boot, so I bought those, and then afterwards I tried to boot it up this weekend to check to see how much RAM was in it, um, because I might have some RAM at the office that I can go ahead and install them there that would that would uh, work. But when I try to boot it up, uh, basically Windows XP just crashes on startup. So I don't know what's wrong. Um, I don't know if it's an issue with the image itself of the of the operating system. If um, if there's something wrong with the drive, if the drive's dying dying or or what. Um, so not sure. I didn't run like a diagnostics, but as far as like the, the, the diagnostics could say, everything seemed fine. I also tried booting from the last known good settings and it had the same issue. So I'm not sure what the problem is yet. Um, I'll have to pr- sit down and spend some time to look at it a bit more. Um, but I'll probably just wait until I get that new graphics card in and then I can go and put that in place. Um, I do have like a spare hard drive that I can go ahead and try to swap out and put it in there. I don't know if it's a, like, it's, it's a, it's a small form factor PC. So I don't know if it uses a standard drive size. I'll have to check to see if it's like a laptop drive size. Um, but I do, I've always wanted to switch out this one spare, like three terabyte drive I have into my, my current PC, which has a 500 gigabyte drive in there. So maybe I'll swap out that 500 gigabyte drive and then put the, uh, the, the, the three terabyte, my PC, then the 500 and the XP machine and just kind of leave it at that. But I do need to transfer everything off this 500 gigabyte drive. The only reason I have not started using that three terabyte drive I have is because of the, um, the uh uh i just have to take the time to transfer everything over basically um so so we'll see when i when i get to that but um yeah unfortunately that is in in maintenance mode at this point which means we probably will not play any more first kiss story let's go bingo anytime soon (laughs) so so yeah um, in terms of news this week, uh, there was a few different things that I that I uh, pulled aside here. One is that Babylon's Fall is getting a visual update. The reason I want to talk about this because Babylon's Fall is something we haven't really been talking about since the E3 showcase they did. Uh, if you don't know, they've been doing some beta tests for this. This is that Platinum Game Square Enix title that that is you know kind of like an action RPG. It doesn't really feel 100% like a platinum game. It has a bit of more a slower pace to it. And I was looking at some of the the over overriding changes they were doing to the combat cuz people were complaining about how slow it felt. Um and, and seeing if they're going to like go full on Devil May Cry Bayonetta kind of thing. And thankfully so far it seems like they're still trying to keep that kind of deliberate deliberateness to the combat, which I which I personally uh like seeing. Although I don't know if I'll play this cuz it is going to be a live game. So Live games, unfortunately, rarely work out for me. Um, but one thing that they did do was they decided to change the visual style. Um, and this is kind of interesting because this game's visual style is... I think their their intention was that it was going to be like kind of like a watercolor look or something like that. And so they very much blotch out a lot of the graphics in a way. And um, I think a lot of people... And, and I think I can definitely see where the issue is it just kind of comes off as looking muddy and bad in, th- in terms of the game. I don't know if it's like something aesthetically that's wrong. It, like if there's too much brown going on in the color spectrum of things or, or what, but, but it just basically just gets smudged out in a way that looks really bad. So they, it looks like they're basically just kind of giving up on that aesthetic and just like removing that filter entirely without replacing it with anything. So they basically are just like, here's the video game. <laughs> We're just gonna remove this 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 blur filter and just give you the video game now. So you know it it definitely definitely looks better. I think overall it gives a better impression at the very least, but it definitely looks less unique. That's for sure. But again, I I don't think they really knew what they were doing with that effect initially. 
or at least they didn't really find the best way to implement it in a way that that made a lot of sense. Um, I would have preferred them to find some other direction to go, but the reality is, you know, if they're they're beta testing this right now, they probably don't have a lot of room to like go down and you know rework the entire direction they're doing with the visuals, right? So so, but you know, from what they showed, the visuals look perfectly fine without that blur effect. It just looks like you know more or less your standard video game at that point. So, you know, eh. If, uh, as a game is that's that's a lot of people seem to not really be super hot on already um you know not sticking to to some of your guns i think ultimately will probably work out better for them so yeah um there's also this game that i saw that was announced during tokyo game show that i missed called dungeon encounters i don't have a lot to say about this game but this is a really interesting looking title where you basically have a character running around a grid and i'm not 100 percent sure what's happening with this game it's actually a square enix title but like Basically, you have a character going around, and each time they land on a like a square of the grid, it like counts up, and you have to like go and hit like the maximum number that of like grid spaces there are. So you're basically going and filling out an entire grid, um, and then it's like also like an RPG, and it's like very simplified visually. It is like a PS4 and Switch game, I think, but it's like very simple Switch or visually, um, and it's just like these little character portraits and like these lying kind of graphics that that fight other character portraits um but i just like i really like the look of the game i don't really know how to describe it to be honest with you but it's just got a really nice look it's also got a re really weird like um <laughs> campaign around it where uh square enix just says like hashtag think and like one of the descriptions of the videos i watched just literally said think in it and that was it before getting into the square enix copyright information so <laughs> it seemed like a fun little thing and like there's a good little mix of characters in there you know some of them are more like medieval fantasy but then other ones are like you know modern day kids with headsets on and you can mix them in a party together and everything no no it just seems like a really interesting and neat looking game it comes out here on the 14th i probably will not pick it up but i'm glad to see it exists i initially thought it was that one card game that yokotaro was working on but apparently has nothing to do with that <laughs> um there's also the announcement of the uh, new poi poi molkar game called poi well a a, a poi poi molkar game there hasn't been one before if you don't know this is a, a like a really popular um I guess TV show series. I don't know if it was like a web show specifically, um, but it's like these little uh, little hamster cars that have roll around, but they're like real, like they're living cars that are, are hamsters kind of thing. I think if you're like into Japanese stuff, even slightly, you probably have some idea what Poi Poi Mole Car is. Um, but yeah, it's a really fun little cute series. And so they basically are making like a Mario Party kind of game. Um, or maybe not Mario Party, just like a mini game collection kind of thing. They didn't really show any like board game kind of stuff. I have a bad habit of saying Mario Party game when it's just a mini game thing. Um, anyways, but the, the point being though is uh, essentially it looks like it has a good little variety of, of, of mini games. One of the ones that seemed most impressive is that they have their own Rocket League in there. <laughs> so they had the little Poi Poi Mall calls go, go, cars going around hitting the soccer balls and stuff into the goals. I'm kind of curious how that feels to play. I'd imagine being a mini game in a greater package, it probably does not feel as good as a Rocket League, but uh, it's very, very cute at the very least. So. Um, I don't know if I'll, I'll play that. They haven't said if it's going to be online or, or, or local multiplayer only. And unfortunately, in one of those cases, like, I would probably never be able to play with anybody in person. Uh, maybe if I went and visited my nephew or something like that. But, but yeah. And then, as everybody knows, Sora was added to Smash. Sora from the Kingdom Hearts series. Um, but I did want to talk a little bit about it because I think the, the one kind of big takeaway I had from Sora being added to Smash is just it was kind of nice to just have, like, a normal 
Smash character added. Um, I like what they were doing. They've been doing with the DLC characters for Smash Brothers. I like that a lot of them have had like neat gimmicks, and and the fighting game characters have their own like little like inputs you can put in and stuff like that. Um, but I do think it it kind of makes those characters a little hard to approach for like a typical Smash Brothers player. Like, I think it's one of those things where it's like if I had to sit down and open up a move list to play Smash Brothers. Like, I don't know how much I want to play this character in, like, normal scenarios. Obviously, if I'm playing, you know, online by my computer, sure, I'll pull it up and, like, look at it. But, like, if I'm playing in a group or whatever, it's just, like, I don't know any Terry Bogard's moves normally. And, and like, I love playing Terry Bogard if I know what moves I need to do. But otherwise, if I don't, then, like, you're basically playing, like, a nerfed character because you have to, you know, use the lesser powered version of all his skills because you don't know the inputs. Um, so, so I like I think that kind of stuff is is very cool, but I just think it it kind of gets in the way of just like the accessibility that Smash typically offers. Um, so to see to see sword be just kind of like this like what if we gave Jigglypuff a sword basically? <laughs> um, I thought that was a, a a cool approach to take, and obviously you know Mithra and Pyra are played that kind of way too as well to some degree, like just kind of normal Smash characters, but they do have like the switching back and forth kind of mechanic. But anyways, um, but I just thought it was like a nice way to kind of end it up end it off, especially after. Kazuya kind of, I think, ruffled some feathers, not only from a, a you know, representation standpoint, which, you know, the Tekken's a big franchise. It should be featured in Smash Brothers. That is 100%. And Bandai Namco is making those games, right? So whatever. Um, but like, but the, the move set of Kazuya, I think, like, made, made a lot of people kind of flustered a little bit. So anyways, I thought that was cool. I think it's cool that they're adding Sora in. Um, I'm glad. I was kind of surprised by just like how much of a of a reception, like a positive reception Sora got, you know, I'm not a big Kingdom Hearts fan. So like, I don't really know, I know what's going on in that space and who, what's what I did not realize Sora being in smash was such a, uh, a wanted thing, but, uh, yes, he is in there and you can play as him. I think on the 19th, I think is when, when, when he's coming out. So I might mess with him a little bit. I did buy the fighters pack. So obviously I have access to him as long as I, you know, have an internet connection and don't die before then. <laughs> but you know, it's 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 just you know I I I think I'm kind of at this point pretty much done with Smash outside of just you know playing with other people from time to time or something like that, right? So so yeah. Anyways, that's it for this week. A little bit of a shorter episode this week. Thanks for coming though. OneControlBoard.com is the website. Um, I am still working on stuff. As I said, I might do a Kikaishi or or Barrier Master. Uh 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 yeah casual review at some point um i haven't really had a chance to work on stuff and i'm gonna have they be pretty much busy most of this month in general so i don't really know what that's gonna look like still so continue to look forward to mostly podcasts and streams for now and i will follow up with you guys on what's next um but but yeah still kind of hibernation mode for now while i kind of deal with other stuff uh before i get back to focusing on the youtube channel all right all right. That's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControlBoard.com is the website. Uh, we're playing Sonic and the the, the Black Knight. Um, so if you want to come in and check out some of that next week, we'll be playing again at 7 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday. Um, and then once we finish that up, uh, I don't know what we're playing after that. Still trying to figure that out. Uh, ask for a little bit of uh, people's opinions and streams. If you have an opinion on what you want to see stream next, feel free to comment and let me know. My backloggery is out there too. Uh, in the Discord, I linked the backloggery, but you can also just go to like, I think backloggery.com slash O-C-U-L-I-N 
and you can see all my games there. So if you want to request something, feel free to do so. And uh, yeah, that's going to be it. Thanks. Bye.